Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No one is in the fucking business. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get my way. Hello and welcome to episode 235 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kinnett and Alex Jones. Jack Harper unfortunately can't be with us today, but he will be back on Thursday for Movie Madness, and I'll ask both Alex and TK what their thoughts are on this week's matchup shortly. Bit of a shorter episode this week, which probably after the way Movie Madness has gone recently, will be a bit of a relief. Rather than the standard two and a half hour episodes you've been seeing on your feed, this one should be uh, probably half the length of that. We're starting about... Well, about an hour and a half later than usual. We said we would uh, delay things till after Spain-Croatia, as we thought that would be the uh, highlight of the evening. And it turns out we were correct there. We've just seen the game go to extra time, which uh, obviously delayed things for us. And so now we'll see how France-Switzerland goes. With our luck, probably, it's going to be like a 10-9 game. So, yeah. But we'll have that on in the background. Alex, I know has been rushing us along. I think he wants to be finished by Love Island, which starts again tonight. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Sean's probably <laughs> somewhere laughing at my pronunciation of that, but that's another issue. I had a little chuckle. <laughs> Still don't really see what how I say it that's different. It's so but, good. Uh, that makes it even better. I'll roll alongside it. Um, news of the week we'll kick things off with, and then we'll just kind of go over what has happened in the Euro so far. Once again, we'll give our thoughts ahead of the England game tomorrow, but I am conscious just not to spend the whole podcast on it because it will be obsolete then within less than uh, 24 hours, therefore wiping out an entire pod. So uh, we'll see how we go. I do have some good news of the week for you this week, though, and we'll start things off. Curry house owner threw chilli powder in customers' eyes after he complained about rubbery chicken. (laughs) Good thing Sean didn't have that owner when he uh, did a runner from that curry house. I mean, if that's it's on, mid. if it's on about that, then he's probably gunning down. Is that in the rate? <laughs> that trajectory. Catch up with him and uh, blow curry powder in his eyes like the the breast milk gag in the uh, white chicks. <laughs> uh, Dutch con man captured by prostitutes after ripping off Colombian tourism businesses. There's a lot to take in there, I'm aware. I was going to say, I'm just trying to process it. Um, couple handcuffed together for 123 days immediately break up. 
<laughs> well, no, let's be honest. Right. I mean, to be fair, they're going to have to go to the toilet together. That's going to break down a few, you know, perceptions of. Eh, I, I, you know. I maintain like there is no one I could spend that length of time with and not be irritated by them, and I'm well aware there's no one that could spend that length of time with me and not be irritated by me. So. Uh... Yeah, I don't know what this scenario was, why they decided to do that, but I hope it was for good reason. Uh, six French fans miss Hungary, France after travelling to Bucharest instead of Budapest. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I want to say, I want to say that's close enough, but particularly <laughs> particularly, particularly now, nowadays at the moment, that's not a mistake you can easily recover from or turn into a nice side trip. Uh, redneck rave at Kentucky Park ends with 48 people charged, throat slashing, and an impalement. So if you Jesus. see a redneck rave advertised around by you, don't risk it. I don't know if you can call that a rave anymore. I feel. <laughs> I think once it gets to no. throat slashing, I'm thinking I'm not sure this is a rave. <laughs> yeah. Um, man blames Vindaloo Curry in too many pints after defecating on club dance floor. We've all been there, haven't we, Alex? Uh, <laughs> can't say I've ever peeped on a club floor before. But you have defecated on a club floor. No. <laughs> Kept it Aussie, all in the jeans. <laughs> Aussie restaurant criticised for job advert for Sheila with nice bazookas. <laughs> but they know what they want. Is that such a crime? I think the most offensive thing there is how stereotypically Australian that is being. <laughs> yes. um, Tour de France, spectators cardboard causes multiple crash during race. You must have been <laughs> raging about this, Alex. You must have been furious. Uh, the thing is, I've, it's happened before. Like Things like this have happened so many times before. If it's not, and it, and it, if it's not the fans, if it's not the vans, it's the bloody support vehicles or the or support, to this extent. support motorbikes. Yeah, no, seriously, seriously, yeah, it's, it's it happens happens more than you think. It I was just it, it. There was actually two crashes in that race that were that bad. Well, I saw it posted <laughs> on a page called Viral Funnies, which was enough of an issue in itself. <laughs> but then I saw another headline saying uh, they're now looking for the bloke that caused it. How does this happen? And, and the bloke gets away scot free, like he's able to just do a runner out of the situation. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, I mean, it's like the it's in the middle of nowhere, and there's only so much ground the police can cover. So, you know, it's is is bad. But yeah, that that's another reason why I have no interest in professional cycling. I would. I, that's I'm the reason. Quite happy doing my triathlon. I'm quite happy. Um, do, I, I couldn't. I couldn't deal with being in a tight peloton like that, and and us all going down. Yeah. Uh, Fifty billion accidentally deposited the bank account of shop Louisiana family. I've never seen that many zeros, woman says. Um, so she called her husband up, like, you're not going to believe this. He phoned the bank straight away. Because, um, coward. Well, in America, so you'd imagine that's going to be tracked down at, in at some place. In America, if that gets dumped in your account and you spend any of it, you're liable to be charged for theft. <laughs> and you can receive like a serious prison sentence. It, it's insane. Oh, because I know, I know um, there used to be a kind of myth um, by him being told of like 
well, look, if he gets put in your account, then it's like it's the bank's mistake and you just get to keep it. Um, obviously, that's not the case. <laughs> someone clever, someone saying that at school. Um, uh, it could be like curry news this week. So, uh, exotic bird turns out to be a seagull covered in curry. Um, tiddlywink stuck up Christchurch woman's nose for 37 years is finally removed my word imagine the relief that must have been insane I mean I'll tell a story here it's not my story to tell but I mean he's part of the pod so I feel like we can share it I remember um Rory, I don't think he listens either, so uh, no one will know. He uh, had an abscess on his ass one one Christmas, <laughs> and um, he, it it burst on Christmas Day, and he said the relief. He said the relief the relief was that much that he was sat on the toilet and he nearly fainted because the relief was just was just that incredible. Bloody hell. <laughs> This was the same year that I uh, ruined Christmas, so I still think I had a worse start to the day than he did. Jesus, um, take. Yeah, but that, draft, that feeling he must have had must have been something else. <laughs> um, that story could have remained nameless and you still chose to air him. I mean, yeah, I might, <laughs> I, might, I might remove his name. I'll see how, uh, I'll see how we go. Um because if I remove the name, people are just going to assume it's Sean, I mean. Or maybe they think I'd say his name. Unsure. <laughs> uh, married couple awarded Guinness record for biggest height difference. He's three foot seven and she's five foot five. So that's actually the biggest recorded difference uh, on record for where the woman is the taller in the relationship. Oh. I, yeah, I, was, I was hoping for a bit more when. I saw that yeah. he was three foot seven. I was like, this is going to be unbelievable. He's going to be seven foot or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's got one of them podcasts, but um, he's a bit of a big piece as well, so uh, he's got his work out. It does make it look a bit like worse on the picture. That man likes a challenge. <laughs> I'm a big piece, so I can say these things. So uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And finally, Texas woman fakes pregnancy to both her boyfriends and has one kill the other with a toilet seat. <laughs> There's a film to be made there. Yeah. Some dark news today and uh, a lot of curry, curry oriented news. An exciting choice, an exciting, an exciting choice of weapon there that could have made it into the most creative well, weapon choice. I'm imagining that he was You're probably his right. head was between the seats and so it probably was quite grim to be fair. And uh, just as you've reminded there, Alex. Um, Movie Madness this week, we have The Secret Life of Walter Mitty up against Black Panther. I don't know if either of you have seen both films. I've uh, I've seen both. Um, I'm going to go with... I, I'm going to go with uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I think I might rewatch that tonight in a... Um, it's a film that charmed you, that. Yeah. And it's the definition of an adventure film, that. It's what Ben Stiller does. It charms you. Yeah. Um, so we'll, yeah. 
famously once fourth on my Mad Crush list. We will get into Euro always 2020 fourth, even though, <laughs> Even though the top three was unspecified, he always found himself in fourth. The Arsenal way. Um, <laughs> I've got some questions for you to take things through because uh, such is the nature of this tournament that the group stage feels an age ago and we're only just starting the final match day when we did the last podcast. So uh, just got a, got a roundup for us to go through. So, TK, I'll go to you for this one. Who has been the standout team so far to you? So not just the group stages, just for everything we've seen so far. Yeah, I think if they hadn't just gone life and death of Austria, we'd, I think we'd probably all be saying Italy, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. I think it's kind of hard to overlook them. Uh, that was a bit of a concern, but on the flip side to that, I kind of, and we wouldn't be saying this is this was England, I know, but I kind of feel like if that was their off night, they've survived it. So it, without going too cliche, it could be good for them. Yeah, um, I, th- I mentioned last week that I was going to the game, which being back at a live mm. football match was was great. Actually, the atmosphere it was a bit surreal. Part, yeah, for the most part, like. Everyone was just seemed happy to be there. Um, mm. Everyone that I think had like any kind of Italian heritage was like really like let, making sure you knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. So me and Sam neither of us have an Italy shirt, which when you consider the amount of football shirts we both have, it, well, Sam has one actually, but it's, it's a bit small now, so he didn't want to look like he was trying to wear a tight shirt. Um, so we kind of just went more the most like Italian option we had. Um, I was going to go AC Milan shirt with uh, the red and black Air Maxes. I think I've worn about three times. And Sam got in my head saying there was too much red and black. So I did change. Went for the Verratti shirt. Sam went for his uh, Venezia shirt, which he was pleased with. Must have been stopped by three, four people just to comment on his shirt. Someone came over and actually asked for a picture with him just because of the shirt he was wearing. <laughs> and... Um, I don't think you'll mind me saying it was a slightly awkward uh, little exchange where he asked for the picture and he said, what with me? And he said, well, yeah, with, with you in the picture too, mate, not just the shirt. But the most <laughs> weird, like, London accent ever, he said, uh, yeah, I didn't think um, you looked like you were from there, so I won't speak the dialect to you. As if he was just going to be reeling out Italian off his tongue. And I had some bloke shout me down. Thought he was asking me for a picture, but he wasn't. He was just asking me to take his picture. Their, their football chants are a lot easier in Italy. It's essentially just go, hey! And that's like it. And then the crowd just goes along with it. Or uh, I think they kept saying, bowler, 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 but I don't know what that means. Um, there were a couple of Austrians in there, but I guess for the neutral, they weren't quite the glamorous pick that Italy were. Maybe um, best you don't try and translate all their chance. Yeah. It it was good, though. The game for a nil-nil in 90 minutes was good. I think it petered out towards the end of the 90 minutes. But the first kind of half an hour in particular was end-to-end. A much better game than I was anticipating because I thought it was going to kind of be cruise control from Italy. I said to Sam on the way down, I said, I hope we kind of just see some nice football from Italy here. And I was comparing it to one I'd been to see like Arsenal at Blackpool before. So very disrespectful to Austria in hindsight. Um, 
I think I did mention in one of our chats, the, the only idiots that we did encounter were about four rows behind us to the left. Arsenal fans typically um, <laughs> kept, kept trying to like start like stand up if you ate Tottenham, Chance, Red Army. Um, there were some awful Spurs fans in front of us who briefly start tried doing Yid Army in response and thankfully they kind of levelled each other out. Everyone was on high alert as uh, you know people bring their flags along and we saw one say like Millwall Army and it's alright get your heads down here. Oh no. Yeah. Did look like what you would have imagined it to be as well. Um, and that's that same group of Arsenal fans started trying to do football coming home and fuck the Germans which was uh, interesting. That's nice. But yeah. Just we move on. I've been cursing people all all tournament when you see them on the screen saying, like, I really know when people have a mask on, but they're not wearing it properly. I think it was quicker to count the people who had a mask on than the other way around. I was kind of having it off and then catching myself, thinking, what am I breathing in here? And so pulling it back on, and then my glasses would steam up. and <laughs> Just a bit of a cycle. But no, very good to be back at a game and then booked in for the semi-final one next week so hopefully that's a decent game especially for the amount paid for the tickets disgraceful although better than 400 quid for potentially an England semi-final outrageous that they I had another question for you actually TK which I was going to save but probably works well with having seen what we did from Italy Um, if I was to say that uh, you you were buying stock in one of these two things from what you've seen in the Euros so far. Would you put more of your money into system or personnel? If you were buying stock in what was going to win you the tournament or at least kind of get you far. That's tough, isn't it? Because we've seen, say, and we'll get to them, we saw maybe Portugal personnel-wise have one of the best kind of teams in there whereas you look at say oh I guess we said it with Italy didn't we um, yeah. kind of the system yeah. they have the fact they have a club manager who's been so successful there that works to their advantage it just helps that they do have the personnel as well but if you had to yeah, buy stock in either, in either one well we saw Czech Republic go through didn't we and that was largely due to systems so which one would I, you put yeah. your money in I would say there's been enough of this tournament and going historically international tournaments that you could say the system tends to be the safer bet. Yeah. Uh, having said that, France is kind of yeah. a sign of just how much talent you can just cram in a team and just assume that that's going to win and it is still the most likely option. Yeah. So that would fly in the face of what we've just said. And then Alex... Um... I know you've watched a, a lot of the tournament this time around. Has there been a standout player for you, perhaps someone that you weren't so aware of going into the tournament, someone that perhaps you were aware of but surprised you by kind of how good they were? Or um, I haven't really got a standout in terms of somebody that I didn't already know going into the tournament. I mean, um, there's been a few nits, so obviously... Obviously, the game. Can we? We could talk well, about the games that have literally just happened yeah, now, yeah. can't we? Well, obviously, a few of the Spanish like... boys. 
Yeah, go on. Go on. Go on. I was going to say Dumfries is the one that jumps out to most people, doesn't help that they went out um, yesterday. But in terms of yeah. standout player, particularly at the group stage. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fair cop. I could I could ride with that. It's it's difficult because, I mean, I I don't think that there's been normally with a tournament like this you get like a player like that performing and then they get linked with all kind of transfers the next day in the paper and all that kind of stuff. There hasn't been a lot of that going around in this tournament, I don't think. Um, You've not seen my transfer gossip, have you not? <laughs> you waited yesterday. Well, yeah, Dumfries has been linked, so he he's got uh, a fifteen million pound release clause supposedly in his contract, which um, Bayern Munich are interested, but not at that price. Which is, I don't know what's going on with their bank account this summer, um, for what they're usually up to. But no, it, we haven't had like an Arshavin yet, where someone's really like made a name for themselves. It's more, I guess, cemented. Locatelli's one where people knew of him going in, and he's kind of cemented his worth. Afterwards, so I'm, thing is, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so I'm so hesitant with like we've seen so many players that have had a great tournament fail to then translate it into multiple yeah. club seasons afterwards. It's like a bit of a like I mean like you could probably name a few transfers straight off the back of that. Um, that you know you could you could even draw a parallel with um, uh, Javas Rodriguez in the uh, Brazil World Cup. Think of how good he was there. Like people looked at him and thought, Jesus Christ, that is a player there. And it wasn't too long after that that he did sign for Real Madrid, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And he never really lived up to what he showed in that tournament um, a, back in Brazil by quite a some couple of seasons in Madrid when you look back. Yeah, but what I'm sort of saying is in that tournament, he was in contention for player of the tournament. Um he did get player of the tournament, didn't he? Yeah, possibly. But I don't think, I mean, you know, in fairness, you know, it's hard to stand out in that Real Madrid squad, especially when you've got Ronaldo in there. Um, but it's, uh, I'm trying to think of um, another example. Who's the keeper that you bought off the back of um, that tournament? Or was it, was it that, that tournament? Was it that, um, goalkeeper. Was it you? We we had, you, 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 we had a from Colombia. Uh, was he Chilean? Well, I mean, the less I remember of him, the better, but uh, he, he was Colombian. Yeah, I was right. But he was, and he then, was, obviously, was we bit, bought... A later. Yeah, and we bought um, a Brazilian guy who bought the name, I've got the name of now, um, in, with the bail transfer money. Paulinho. Yeah, yeah. It, you know... It, Should have invested your money in Fred, the striker Fred. God, yeah, terrible yep. tournament. Remember, he got hounded. Yeah. Well, was, we mentioned. If you wanted a, if you wanted another player, I did. I have been uh, obviously Renato Sanchez is kind of the uh, other popular pick, yeah. Dumfries, isn't he? Um, but I have, I was impressed, and I thought, and I've now seen us linked to him actually. But I was thinking early on that I'd quite like the look of Marlon for the Netherlands. Got him down a little transfer gossip. I later. think. Uh, I think he's got all the raw ingredients you'd want. I know in that last game where they've, again, they've just gone out, but uh, yeah. he had a couple of missed chances, but he would kind of be the archetypal Liverpool signing of this sort of regime where he's clearly got something. We can kind of polish it up a little bit uh, and improve it, which I, I think he looks the goods, to be fair. 
Yeah, what about um, done this dirty Netherlands just on purpose, knowing that we want to talk a lot about them today? Yeah. <laughs> Do, what about? Um, would it be fair to say um, Calvin Phillips for England at all? I still went I'd... back out the scene. Yeah. <laughs> for I a fickle bunch. More about him that I didn't know before, and I, I don't think I'd like if I was a manager. I don't think I'd pay any more for him just based off what we've seen. To a to a slightly wider audience, I do think that first game seemed to be a bit of an eye-opener for people. Just in terms, it seemed to be, oh, actually, he's quite good. It's because he played. He was playing a different position, wasn't he? Like that was. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about kind of uh, that was the position he played before Bielsa took over, and then Bielsa wanted him to play more of a six than an eight. Um, well, he certainly, um, he certainly seems to have more freedom in that game, which is an odd thing when you consider. Obviously, you'd probably think you'd have less in the Croatia game than the Scotland game, for example. Yeah, but well, there you are. They were saying that um, Bielsa was kind of insistent, like you're, you're not an eight, you're going to be a six in my system. And uh, I think the second game he tried playing him, and he hoisted them off after 20 minutes, basically patted them on the back like it's not your day. Put him back <laughs> in exactly the same next day. No hard feelings. Not don't see you any different. Obviously, he's gone on to be his probably one of their most dependable players. So. Yeah, I don't think he was a bad show. No, he spotted something there. So we, we mentioned Holland a couple of times there, and I guess that maybe plays in with the personnel slash system because in terms of personnel, I think maybe we underappreciated just how much talent mm. they did have. Mm. Um, Van Dijk being out there and uh, the manager obviously switching before the tournament. De Boer coming in, most of us remember him as being the worst manager in Premier League history. <laughs> uh, Jose was played a big part in that. He was being slated before the tournament. He was being slated when Ukraine pulled it back to 2-2 and then they kind of nicked away with the win and the pressure went away briefly. Okay. And okay. then... Uh, Obviously, now <laughs> the pressure's back on. You, you'd be amazed, wouldn't you, if he was still in charge from the World Cup? There's got to be someone better out there that they can look to. Oh, surely. Uh, yeah, where does he go next? Dear Lord, don't say Spurs, but <laughs> where does he go? I don't know. I, I think he'll, he'll probably, and there's no way of saying this without it sounding disrespectful, he'll probably pick up in somewhere like. One of the, like one of the Russian leagues or like the Turkish leagues where some I was of these managers, say Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some of these uh, like foreign leagues. You, you you get your juice back up there and you kind of like yeah 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 have the thing where Switzerland just got one nil up. Um, you bastard! I'm behind. Oh sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you had it on or not. Um, but where people kind of start to take notice and then you let them down once more. Yeah, we've all just seen. We, we've exists. all just seen that. Chief wrestler is. I think it was AJ just then. It might have been me just before, but it was in there. Oh, we've all just seen that, haven't we? On the score. Well, TK hasn't. That's what he's just said. <laughs> I'll tell you when I'm I sorry, get that. Like, um, but yeah, we we I've just referenced that Switzerland are just going to go up. Uh, he, so fair of it, guy. Yeah. Sorry, I was going what you said about on the ball. He could be the. Uh, Maybe the best example, and a lot of managers dying out on this, but he's had bearing in mind he's had no managerial success on the sort of the idea that his philosophy is great. <laughs> Yet you never see it in practice. 
he could just dine out on that. It'd be interesting to see how far he can get on it. Well, in, in fairness, for, for all of that December period under Arteta where things were as, like, as bad as they could be, we kept hearing about his philosophy, despite the fact <laughs> that he really never came out and said what it was. Like we, we just had to kind of make our own mind. Like, he's Spanish. He worked with Guardiola. And yeah, he, said, he said that he loved Cruyff. We're just going to join so. the dots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Holland disappointed. I think for no matter what we thought about them, we weren't expecting them to go out to the Czech Republic. Um, especially not in the circumstances that they did, because it reminded me of a situation of the De Bruyne in the Champions League final where him going off injured in the circumstances he did covered up a lot of the fact that he was stinking the place out prior to that. <laughs> and Holland weren't exactly kind of setting the place alight. They were, they were probably the, the better side, but they weren't. we weren't looking at them as some like all-elite killer team before Delic got sent off. And you can say plenty about the circumstance in which he got sent off because it's as blatant a handball. You can say it's an accident as all he wants. You don't scoop when when you're falling like that. Well, it's me like the one that the players do when they think they've half been fouled. fouled and they stick a hand on it and they know the ref's got to give it because they've already handled yeah. the ball. They're not going to give them typically a card for handballing it. This ref said, fuck it, I will. Yeah, if, um, if Pepe does that, he he makes that look like he'll make that look like an accident. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, it's true. Bit of a bit of naivety, maybe. Yeah, there's a, there's a big difference between uh, the defenders that know the dark arts and uh, maybe Dilik is, is a guy who thinks he knows the dark arts because he's playing with some of these guys at Juve, but clearly he's got a lot to learn. The uh, yeah. I I thought naive kind of summed up that performance a little bit. I did think you kind of you know you said about we probably underestimated the talent they had coming in, which is definitely true. Uh, but I do think people like Depay kind of showed the ugly face of their game. I yeah. Thought, I thought heads did go down, decision-making did kind of go out the window, uh, which I, I guess maybe you could argue is an inexperienced international team. But it's they'll surely see it as a missed opportunity. When you look at, you know, we're talking about this side of the draw, they're obviously on that other half of it. They'd have been shortly looking at it, thinking we should be in the semis here. Well, there's there's, there's people saying that Pickford actually injured Van Dyke in hindsight. What the <laughs> side of the draw was going to look like. I did see that. That was a phenomenal tweet. Depay particularly stinks because he's a guy that's just had Barca twerking for him, trying to get him to sign for them. And he has signed. He, yeah, he has now. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. he was the one that kept dragging it out. Like he was the one that was linked before anyone else, and he was kind of making them bow to all his demands. He was getting the extra cash out of them. Knew he had a bit of like, barrel. Yeah. yeah, and then you look at that, and it's like oh, I wouldn't be trusting you to dig me out of the mud. No, especially not Barca. It's just a bear in mind what they're, what they're like currently. But you would think yesterday with how the game was going. I, I was looking to Wijnaldum more than I was looking to Depay. And they looked like most of the, most of his teammates were as well. They weren't looking to him to dig them out of the mud. I don't think they believed that he was the guy. In fact, I think they quite conveniently blamed Marlin for missing that chance. And I'm sure back in the dressing room, he probably got most of the stick. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is a horror miss, isn't it? But, uh, it is, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I had similar thoughts to you on Genie initially. And then... 
whether this is just kind of Liverpool fan in me, but I kind of thought, well, is he sort of that guy anyway? Maybe that is... No, I, I wasn't saying it like he should be. I meant in terms of like leaders dragging them out. I think the players felt they could rely on him more than they yeah. felt they could rely on Memphis. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. And I think there is an argument for him. It should be that guy to drag him out. Bear in mind, obviously, he scored a couple of goals already. He is clearly the leader in that team. Uh, so, you know, the praise we've given himself, I guess, when they fall short and kind of go out as they did, he's going to take some of the heat. I did think that one goal, I I did think Genie normally gets to that. He's, if you look at the, the replay, he's on his heels. Yeah. Uh, and he's normally quick enough to get himself out of trouble. Obviously, that guy, who, who was it? But he, he was lightning running onto that loose ball. Um, oh, it was, it, was his name Hollish? Right. They kept saying, and I kept thinking of Hollish for... Uh, well, I kept, I kept thinking of what Toft thought Dutch people were called. <laughs> and that's because I was thinking of it every time he was near the ball. Polish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like in my head, like the whole time. I kept thinking of uh, Olich from, uh, was it Bayern? Yeah. Back in the day. But but yeah, yeah. That, that was great. So I thought, I thought, you should be. They should have been pointing the finger at Ronaldo a bit more than was at that point as well. So, uh... one of the things that um, happened with Depay is he did the criminal thing of having a hobby outside of football. So he, he makes music outside of football, and so all the tweets you see are if he spent more time practicing his football and less time playing music, then maybe he would have done better from this. And you, you see it with uh, Bellerin whenever he'd have a bad game. If he spent less time worrying about what he was dressing as, and more time about his football, as if like twenty four seven these players are tuning in like that. Yeah, but there we go. Same as I had some more bullet points down for us here. Bruno's cameo yesterday was any was was Rory watching a different match to us because he claimed it wasn't a stinker by Bruno. Portugal. What for the tournament in general? Or... For just for yesterday's game, in fact. I mean, he had a stinker of a tournament. Yeah, definitely. I'm serious, what happens when he's not put on pens? <laughs> uh, I could, I saw some semblance of what Roy was saying in terms of. I think when he initially came on, there was an up in tempo. I do think that was partly due to him. Uh, but I do think you could probably easily be swayed by the first five or ten minutes of him coming on because after that, you know, uh, let's face it, the the stupid shot he makes, other things like that are. But I was angry. one of the few things he does in the game, and he fucks him up. You've that's unforgivable, really. I was angry on behalf of the Portuguese fans there. I mean, <laughs> a couple of them had digs, didn't they? It was just unforgivable, sort of. Obviously, I know the Yao Felix one, but the Ronaldo free kick. There were just so many where you were like, this was such a waste. I'm keen to get out on Yao Felix after the game. That's about right, isn't it? Call him an imposter. Um, I did see a thing saying Roy's probably never seen him play prior to this, which is probably yeah. true. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was alone. I fancied Portugal for the upset yesterday. In fact, I put a bet on uh, this this weekend, which aged like milk, and I put a fiver on these teams to win in 90 minutes and a tenner on the same teams to uh, qualify. And it was uh, Wales... Portugal <laughs> and Croatia. You really have been a kiss of death. <laughs> um, when I saw the like 200 to 1, I was like, you know what? They've gifted me this here. It's this can't lose. 
I was I was convinced about Wales getting past Denmark. I don't know if just the Ramsey Bale tandem charmed me, but must have done. It's the only game I haven't been able to watch thoroughly. I was watching it on my phone on a bench outside Wembley. <laughs> um, so you, you two can probably say better, but it didn't look like Wales ever had a sniff. Like the, as soon as the first goal went in, it looked like right. That's it. That's the game done. I, I wasn't watching it thinking there was a chance that they could get back into it. No, no, didn't at all. They, uh, I mean, uh, and people are pointing out Bale, but they just kind of couldn't really get him up the pitch. Even they were just yeah, the so one deep. shot that narrowly missed, didn't they, early on? Yeah, I think a lot of people on the him to have a shot on target, which didn't come in. So I saw a lot of people <laughs> furious about that. Um, but yeah, it it did look they look like a busted flush to me. So it kind of looked like if they go behind and they've got to chase it against a, yeah. a decent team, a decent enough team like Denmark, they had no other ideas. Whether it was just a game too far or what, I don't know because they, like you said, they kind of went out with wind. But they didn't. I don't really recall a big chance that they had. Where you thought, oh well, if they'd put that in, things could have been different. They didn't really create anything. So peach by I Dolberg think, to open up, wasn't it? Oh. Lovely finish. I think that Wales fell victim of when we were talking earlier about system versus personnel. Obviously, they've got a few, like, you know, Ramsey, Bale, a few small amount of personnel, but they didn't really have a defining system in the way that they were playing, which they could fall back on or rely on for them to perform in um, the later stages. I don't don't think they changed, did anything well to change up their, their game apart from just hope that somebody like Bale or Ramsey comes up with some brilliance to nick your one back and then build on that momentum and try and overwhelm them that way. Um, obviously, we spoke before the tournament began about the, the Wales manager coming in, uh, the guy who's replaced him, I don't know his name. Um, he Rob came Page. in with lots... Yeah, he came in with uh, apparently lots of... Uh, he came in with a different idea to um, what uh, Giggs was trying to get them to do beforehand, a different system which maybe is shown in, you know, flat to deceive initially Wales, but uh, it's sort of shown quite early on in the knockout stages. There's a couple more things with that Wales game. So Rodon and Nico Williams, I don't think, did themselves any favours. Nico Williams, for, from what we believe, is looking for a move away from Liverpool this summer because he wants to play first-team football. Fair enough. Um do you think he harmed the teams he'd have gone to in that game, or do you think it's like that hasn't changed anything because he certainly didn't earn himself a bigger move by that match? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that'll put clubs off in and of itself, but it was as bad a clearance as I've seen. <laughs> I mean, if he did it at like a, I know it's a an often yeah. used example. If, if you did it at like a local level, you'd be getting caned. So yeah, that. At that level, it's unforgivable. I mean, I said, I, I remember you've got to run out in the uh, cup games, and I thought, this guy looks the goods. I think I remember saying, like, he just looks like a, a guaranteed sort of prem player, whether he's played yeah. or not, he looks like he's got a guaranteed future. And pretty much since I issued those words, he's gone to shit. So I still think he'll stick around in the prem. Like, there, there's enough teams that we kind of read are interested in him. Um, your likes of Burnley and Palace and Palace, he may struggle to get in. To be fair, so is he looking but, for like a permanent move? It's not. It's not like a yeah, yeah. Move. Apparently, uh, Liverpool are willing. Liverpool want ten million for him. 
Interesting. We obviously don't aim that highly then. You, you've got that. Oh, I read his name the other day. You've got another young lad coming through in his position. Is it Adam something? I can't think that you, you've got some kid coming through who everyone at the club believes is like okay, fair enough. Either going to be Trent's backup or he's going to at least be backup until he gets another big move. And I think Nico Williams is honest enough with himself to say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not better than this lad. I'm not going past uh, Trent." So he kind of thinks enough. he's paid his dues now, and he can get he's good enough to get another prem move. I, I think you get, get him a couple well of years at, at a club. I do think he he's one that could be looking at a higher club again. Do you know what I mean? When yeah, often yeah. when they leave a bigger club, go to a smaller game, get some first team football, and then looks like a proper player. I think I think he probably will fall into that category. I hope he goes somewhere where he is going to get first team football because yeah. I think it's going to be easy for the level of someone like a Leicester to sell him a dream. And say, look, yeah, 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 for you. And he, he's he's about as good of a reliable backup as you're going to get at the Prem. That's maybe going to be content to be that. So I think if he does get the kind of mid-table Premier League level, then he'd be then he'd be doing all right for himself. Nat Phillips mm, is another sure. one, isn't he? Where um, apparently you want closer to twenty million for him, and I'm not sure he's dishing that out. <laughs> Still, yeah, I, I think he'd be a good defender for Burnley. I just want him at Burnley. Yeah. It, it works out so well. Yeah, Dyke should love him. Um, the only other thing I have with this, so um, you had the red card for uh, Harry Wilson, it was, wasn't it? Harry Wilson. Mm. I actually yeah, don't yeah. have an issue with them being a red card because you're not trying to get the ball. And so I think in that instance... It probably should be more than a booking because you are just being an asshole. I understand you're going to be getting far. I saw this. Uh, game. I saw someone go with this school of thought on on Twitter actually. I whilst I get the the theory behind it, I do think in this instance he made kind of little enough con- contact with the guy that I think it's impossible to end up giving a red. I've only uh, seen the one clip of it. Um... But yeah, it's just they're, they're ones where it's, it's just annoying. Like, the hell was that? Yeah, Alex is in the tunnel. What the hell? <laughs> oh, that's a train going by my house. <laughs> I felt like we were on it. Connor Bradley not... is the name of the lad I was referring to, TK. Okay. Academy teenager Connor Bradley, Klopp and his staff have been impressed enough to believe that they'd be happy enough to let Nico Williams go. Um so what I saw pointed out was that if if kind of the staff were doing their like power rankings last season, that um, Kiana Herver, who you sold to Wolves, was actually yeah. above Nico Williams in the pecking order. Yeah, my my impression was that he was maybe just further along the sort of development. It was kind he's of only thought. made fifteen appearances for Wolves since joining. So another one where your Michael Edwards should be tried for war crimes. <laughs> well, they, they signed him and then signed Samada, didn't they? So he thought, oh, unlucky husband. Yeah, because he, he, he was meant to be, he was always one of football manager where he was like the bee's knees um, at Herbert. Like, if he, you he was another one who played, played well in the cup games and, and filled in a centre-half at times. It's obviously isn't easy when he was, you know, I think like 17 and pretty slight and he was 
filling in where you thought he looked to play it there, but again, it's it's hard to get into that first team. In there. Yeah, they say uh, Leeds, Southampton, Villa and Burnley all expressed genuine interest in Williams over the past 12 months. Villa no longer interested since signing Ashley Young. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know if Leeds will be now they're signing um, Furpo. Southampton and, Southampton and Burnley, I mean, that's a perfectly good move for you. That's come out today that Burnley, it looks like they're spending the majority of their transfer budget on keeping Deutsch. They're offering him 100 grand a week to stay. Blimey. Yeah, and a considerable bonus every year he keeps them up. Maybe he'll just live on that forever. Maybe he will yeah. just never get this move people talk about. And just like, I'm happy it, lads. Yeah, looks like it. Um, unless Spurs can get him cheap soon, but we got a bit more on that later. Um, Spurs are right, I think. <laughs> Other games to just roll past. So basically, we'll just get into the England game before we uh, get on to the uh, the transfer rumours. Uh, and I've, been, oh, I've got a question on Scotland as well, actually. We'll do Scotland first. So Scotland went out to Croatia same day we were uh, sneaking past the Czech Republic. And I saw a lot of uh, Scotland fans uh, on Twitter and journalists and things say, look, as, as much as they didn't want to just be making up numbers in the tournament, um, they have gone out early, but they feel that they have a lot to be positive about. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think Scottish football internationally moving forwards can kind of be a player? I mean, I don't think they're expecting to win anything, but should they be competitive moving forwards? It really depends what you mean, doesn't it? I mean, the fact they've qualified for a tournament, I think, is in itself is... A positive. You think, you think uh, they, they haven't qualified for anything since '98? If they look at Wales, do you think, and they think oh, we can at least be doing that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And kind of, I was going to say when you were mentioning Wales just then. I mean, them getting to the last 16 is pretty much as much as Euro 2016 was. I'm sure incredible for them. Yeah, this is you know the top end of what you should be expecting of a country like Wales, really. Uh, and and Scotland can't have been expecting Ridd to come out of that group, I don't think. I think it's been pretty clear that, in general, we probably underrated Croatia and Czech Republic a little bit when you yeah. look at what they've done since. Which, by the way, I guess do, does add something to England's wins over them. Funny you say that, because at half-time in uh, the game earlier, I was ready to say, I can't believe we went into a game of Croatia thinking we they should be having more of the ball than us. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were in great first half, were they? And then they showed what they could do in yeah. the second. But, yeah, got, I, I think there are reasons to be optimistic for Scotland because they've got, you know, unfortunately they're in the same position, but likes of Robertson and Tierney are genuinely top-draw players. The way Tierney played at centre-back for them, and, I mean, I can't profess to be watching Scotland much, but the way he played just against us, with his pace... In at centre back, that's a like viable option. He played there in the FA Cup run that we had. I'm sure you're all sick of me mentioning it, but <laughs> like that's those two in defence. Shadams up top. Um, I know John we McGinn. hear a lot about Billy Gilmore, John McGinn. Like that's a more than capable side. Some of the sides that we look at perhaps have more of a uh, star man. Like we were looking at um, Poland and. We were pointing yeah. out, look, they got a decent team, but they got Lewandowski up top. Like they perhaps just don't have that, or the guy they do have that is world class is 
Robertson's the guy you'd pick out. Just you'd rather be yeah. a bit further up the field. Yeah, exactly. When you're kind of, I guess, like a um, Austria found out with Alaba, it's kind of having yeah. your best player in that position is, is problematic. I think. They, they, I think a lot of teams you can say that they're basically like a top class attacking talent away from being very good. Well, this Switzerland team isn't too different on paper to Scotland's. Yeah, probably fair. Yeah. But when you look at like Shakiri and Shaka being your main men, like is that on paper compare that to Tierney and Robertson? It's like I know which two I'd rather have. Yeah, and, and look, as, as much as they're maybe not the most fashionable, I, I personally, I, I know this may just be me, you'd rather have people like John McGinn in there than Jacker. I think that I think, he's I a good think, quality player who more reliable as well as probably a similar technical level, I think. Internationally, this is like Jacker's wheelhouse. Like, he, he, this he does pick it up game. better for them, I will acknowledge. I'm yeah. quite looking forward to when he's leaving. I don't feel like I have to make some kind of case for him. <laughs> so hopefully that, hopefully that is done soon. I don't even think he's that good. I just think he's better than... He's just better than I think you think he is. He, yeah, um, yeah, he's just not quite as bad as I think, yeah. Um, so if we, if we go on to England then, so... First question I had... Would this be the biggest English win of our lifetime if we were to win tomorrow? 100%. The two that I thought were the biggest when I was kind of looking back, and it's dark looking back at our tournament results from now when I went back as far as 2002. <laughs> Don't do it. Argentina in the group stage of 02 yeah. and Colombia on pens in 2018 was what I took down as the two biggest results. So I would yeah. obviously Colombia is the biggest one in most recent history, and I'd say that is your only contender. But I think when you look, it's I mean the the, the history we've had with Germany and what it could potentially mean for us moving into the stages after that. I I just not saying that the Colombia game didn't have the same ramifications. I just think it's Colombia. We haven't got as much history with them, and it's 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 World War Two. What this is on what this is tomorrow is World War Two. Oh boy, football. I felt it is though, isn't it? It is. I felt like we had history with Colombia after about twenty minutes of that game. Like I hated like ten of their players with a oh, yeah. Yeah. For that World Cup. Yuri Mina suddenly everyone yeah. just was death upon. <laughs> he was the first one I thought of. Yeah, <laughs> in my head I'd rewritten it. That Argentina game was a knockout game for when I was remembering it. Like, but then, I, in I effect, genuinely in effect, cut out when I looked at it today and saw that it was group stage. Yeah, in effect, though, when you think we drew the first game, and we obviously weren't to know, but we ended up drawing the last group yeah. game as well. So that was our only actual win against the best team in the in the group. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was yeah, exactly. It was Beckham's redemption only four years after the the event. So that was big for that sort of story, really, as much as anything. Uh, the, the Columbia one, the only argument you're going to have, and I'm really, I'm cautious to even dream about us beating Germany, but the only argument you'd have is that the penalties monkey was off our back with that game. Yeah, and that's obviously a big thing, a big hoodie. But the next biggest hoodie for us is beating Germany, isn't it? So. Yeah, um, yeah. It was only I was thinking about it today, and I was kind of debating with myself, and I thought oh, probably like even I think you could quite comfortably say it would be the biggest. 
of my lifetime. And it's, it's somewhat depressing how little material yeah, we have to yeah. work with. Uh. Some of the ones I was looking back at, I was thinking, Christ, I'm quite glad I'd actually forgotten these. <laughs> the Algeria one was the real low point, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Um all right, so selection things similar to what we did last week. I think we're we're quite sure on the pun that a certain amount of these players are going to be starting. Like, I don't think we need to debate the goalkeeper situation um, as to what's going to happen there. Um, in terms of centre backs, I think we're we're pretty sure if it's two at the back, then it's going to be Stones and Maguire. If it's three, then it's going to be Mings in there, probably over Ben White. Um, or could be Kyle Walker, I suppose. Uh, uh, right back, do we think that he's got it right yet? Because I think that's been one of our worst positions mm. across Strangely. the games that we've had. I think, considering he hasn't actually played a right back, Trippier's probably the one who's performed the best. Yeah, yeah. And yet, probably, <laughs> and, yet and Southgate, bearing in mind, who does seem to like him, I still get the impression he's probably not going to play him, which is, is an odd one. I feel like he, he's proving a point after he said that he's actually a left back as well in that presser. And now he's like, what? You thought I was joking? Well, I'm actually not playing a right back. Not only am I going to play him a left back, I'm never going to play him a right yeah. back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the interesting one. I, I think if we had to put money down, would, would all of our money be on Carl Walker? That would be where I'd be placing my money. I, you know, it does have a semblance of sense of him and Stones playing together at club level. I understand, yeah. but uh, that didn't seem to matter in the in the first game. Walker played as bad as I've seen him. So, when the kind of projected lineups came out, uh, what well, as soon as the final group stage was done and we knew we were getting Germany, the majority of lineups from pundits are a five at the back. When I've seen yours, TK, and it's a four at the back, is that what? you would do or is that just what you think he'll do uh probably a bit of both probably a, a little bit of both um going into this one i was i think a lot of people as well actually were saying they prefer four at the back hope he doesn't go negative with three at the back even though as i said and we said on this pod it doesn't have to be negative having three at the back it depends on no. personnel uh i i think just the fact that he's played it so far and he played it in the two games prior to the tournament, and he played it in the international break prior to that, only leads me to think he's going to do four. I, I, I don't quite know where the three at the back is going to suddenly come from. And, and does that send the right message? I, I don't know. That, even without meaning to, I think it kind of looks like you're more concerned about the opposition than you're concerned with your own game. Which, By the way, even if that's true, I think you've got to at least got to give your players the impression that, look, if we play our game, we can win. I don't, I don't know why these things come out, but they do, and Supposedly in training all week, there has been a four. So that's what the journalists are saying. They're saying that they've been working yeah. on a four. That was part of my thinking as well, is that, of course, we leaked our own team, essentially. So, of course, we were yeah. the only country I, that will. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty straight up. If, if I'm Southgate tomorrow, I don't even consider a four at the back. Yeah? I'm looking at what we've done so far, I think we've been better defensively than we have been offensively. Um so why change it would be my my thing there. As much as what I appreciate what you're uh, what you're saying I'm, is on, on paper is more cautious and pragmatic. I don't know if changing it is actually going to potentially make us a bit more uh, a little bit more open in yeah. a way. 
is there, well, is, there not an argument to be made, is there not an argument to be made that Germany haven't fared well against teams that are sat in rather than go all out against them? Not that Luke's saying that, not that you're saying that, you know, just playing forward and back is going all out. Uh, I'm just sort of saying like going out of our way to sit in against them sort of diffuses any sort of attacking, attacking prowess that they've shown. I, Explain yourself, Luke, and then I'll come back at you. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to, to what Alex has said there. I don't buy too much into the Germany one because, on the other hand, with what it is with Germany, I would say that when they've needed to get a result, then they have got one. And I also don't think their formation makes a lot of sense. Like, I think they're almost baffling to an extent. There was a piece in The Athletic where... Um, that Ralph Honigstein essentially said that the tactics Germany have played this tournament has been the equivalent of button bashing and just seeing what works. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I think Not the like that. the back, uh, I think Southgate's whole mentality the whole time has essentially been keep it tight and then hope that the attacking guys do the work. Yeah, yeah. And so I just think this is the best formation to make that happen. Like I'd rather have the extra stability there for as much as we say about Werner stinking and all of that, I also think that he's the exact type of player that will give fits to the likes of Maguire and Stones in particular. And so I'm feel play? safer with that extra body there. If we were yeah. playing particularly fluently with the four, then I would be all for it because in the whole build-up to the tournament, I don't think you need me to, to point out that I was very much of the, right, let's just get everyone attacking we yes. can't defend very well, and then we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But the fact that the attacking isn't working, Southgate clearly isn't the guy to make that work, or England just aren't clicking with those players together. I think it almost it works to our advantage more to kind of have our backs in, get out like that. And I actually think Kane will have more chances like that because it'll work into his favour more. Yeah, I, in fairness, I we're in agreement on that side of things. I just, I just don't know that the way we're playing currently isn't already doing that. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? I yeah, think for sure. With, with the, the four and with those two and with those two sitting, I think we are conservative enough and sort of, a, we've got enough stability there that if that doesn't work, I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be because of formation. It's just going to be that they were too good or we had too many sort of deficiencies regardless of who we played. You think that the chances we gave up against Scotland and there were plenty of them, we also gave up quite significant chances in the last 10 minutes against Croatia and in the last 10 minutes against Czech Republic. It's not like we've been without our flaws. With, with all due respect, it's essentially been the teams that have been there. We've not quite been so panicked because we realised who's putting the ball into the back of the net at the other end. Like, if you close your eyes now, I'm sure you can see Thomas Muller celebrating a dirty goal oh, against us I, tomorrow. I can see him celebrating Havertz, Werner, I can yeah. see the, the lot. But... Uh... And I can see the Nabry at West Brom tweets horribly. Uh, yeah. I've already but, said that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think also we're, we're kind of approaching this thing that we definitely we definitely do at club and international level where we kind of want to form a formation where the other team has no chance. I mean, that's just never going to happen. No, we no, no. Gonna, I, I can understand, partic- yeah. Particularly with the the defensive players we have, we're going to have to accept that there's going to be one or two chances here and there. Um, no, I w- by the way, I wouldn't be gutted if you did put three in the back. I would understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Uh, well, sticking sticking with that, when you listen to kind of the pundits this week, and 
they kind of get these sound bites from people that don't really give much clarification. So just about every pundit that you listen to will say, look, Jack Grealish has to start in this game. They, they don't really then say where he's nope. fitting in. Or who has to come out or what formation yes. or anything. Never when, have to. When I was doing it based on a five, I struggled to find a space for him in there. Um, if it's a four, then I can see more so. It does seem to be whether it's kind of bracing the media and all of that, or I'm not sure Southgate cares too much, that Mount is going to be the guy that's going to get the nod. Uh, unless there's something we don't know going on behind the scenes, they can't be doing too many kind of tactical drills that he feels he's missing out on by being isolated until today. But it does look like this is this is the guy he trusts. And what I took down was, for all of what we're going to do for the, for the next five minutes or so, should we be questioning a guy who's just got an assist in the Champions League final, has been a mainstay in, in that side? Should be, we be questioning why he's starting and why we're cramming him in if we, if we possibly have the opportunity? I don't think he should start, but it, when you kind of break it down like that, it seems an odd one. Yeah, I've, I do wonder if it's a bit of a... It's not a great look, I don't think, if you're whoever misses out, so probably... Grealish or uh, or Saka or whatever. Yeah. I do. I do think you're probably thinking. I've just played well in the last game. I've been in training all week, and this guy comes straight back in. I, I do think that they all seem like a tight knit bunch. I don't think it's going to be you know like some sort of revolt going on. But I do think that does send out a bit of a message. And uh, ultimately, my problem with Mount, and this was the case even earlier in the season when yeah. other people were very critical of him being in the England team, sort of no matter what. Some people kind of underestimate how good he was. Chelsea fans will tell you how good how good he actually was, <laughs> and I kind of fell somewhere in between. My, my problem with him is, is that as a sort of creative outlet, I don't think I can make much argument that he's better than someone like Grealish or no, Foden. No. He's not a, like a winger that's going to attack someone like Saka and be direct, which I think we're going to need in this. Yeah. And then you're not as much as I think he's a good player. You're not going to play him deeper instead of someone like Phillips or Rice. No. So I'm kind of as much as he is the probably the best all rounder, you could put him anywhere and he will fit in and he will do a great job. Is he a better specialist in any of those areas than any of those guys? I would say no. No. So I in don't. which case I find him hard to put him in a team, having been out all this week as well. I think there's kind of just too much going against him. Well, I said to you pre-game uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, every day was last week, that I saw others saying as well. The way Saka plays, if he comes in, then I think he would put in a performance that makes him undroppable for the next game. Yeah. Now, following the game, I did see the, the exact phrase undroppable being used, but it, it does seem like that's the case going into this one, and he's going back to Foden. It seems so strange when you kind of weigh up what the two have done so far. Whether you say Czech Republic was an easier contest to play and then Croatia and Czech Republic, um, uh, Croatia and Scotland sorry then fair enough but I thought Saka showed enough to not only justify his selection on that game but justify his selection moving forwards what? I felt like a proud dad to be honest <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you sounded like it actually <laughs> yeah not much to shout about at the minute I understand it's fine but it was more than uh, having seen him all season it was just so frustrating seeing people kind of make out that he was just this scrub 
that I didn't think, deserve to be in the squad. Like, I I do think he he fell under the unfortunate thing that there was a movement that Sancho should be getting more minutes, and obviously yeah, yeah. by Saka coming in, it looks like there's a direct choice between the two, which but I think kind of diminished just shocked him. that he could even be in the squad. Like people were sitting, like finding it yeah. hard to believe. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on there because they clearly not seen the guy play. This the, th- the thing with him is he's for uh, he's a sort of a flair player if you like. He's incredibly reliable. I don't remember seeing him yeah. too many bags. When he has, it, has, it tends to be that I've seen. You yeah, know, the season he, he wasn't great. I think he was just not. Well, I've seen him at various parts of the season where Arsenal have played him a bit too much, and you can see he needs a rest. Yeah, which seems to be the only reason. Which obviously at this point shouldn't be applicable when you uh-huh. you think he probably should be in the right nick. The, I've said before that the thing with I actually thought Foden was okay in that first game. I think that's kind of getting yeah, yeah. a little bit um, over time. The I think there's no doubt that Foden might be our best technical player, but for what Saka brings, he's just and I. Sound like a broken record. We'll discuss here about Liverpool as well, but he's just direct. But it's not necessarily that you need Foden the best player. And if if I was going to bring Foden in, I would rather have him in, you know, the advanced position. At yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get him in the middle and and just have someone like Saka getting in behind because otherwise we're gonna we got to give something that scares the Germans pace wise. And obviously, it's not exactly, it's not exactly a secret how you get past Hummels, is it? No. Uh, no. So and. As much as he's our only goal scorer, I don't know that Sterling's the guy I necessarily want carrying the load on that one. I'd, I'd rather have Saka in there as well. Get those Saka, two in and out of Kane. Saka's also terrorised Rüdiger twice this season. Yeah, and it sounds cynical, but you're probably going to try and get Rüdiger sent off if you can. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he's. I always feel like he's kind of getting away with things that at some point it, it just blows up and he gets sent off. He bit someone in the first game. And goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who essentially I says, think, all right, he's my mate. <laughs> yeah, I think with what we see from the rest of it, Sterling is hard to say. Um, I've seen a lot said. Um, other than scoring, he wasn't doing a lot. And it's, if you're saying that every game, it's, it's you, you don't have an issue. So... It's hard I to act- see Sterling being dropped, isn't it? I actually thought he, each game he started well and faded as well. I mean, he faded badly. I thought there's well enough options on the bench for if he uses them. I mean, in Scotland, he used two of the five subs, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what does happen. But I guess we'll find out tomorrow, <clears throat> and we'll either come to next week's podcast being in the World Cup semi final or cursing the disgusting man. I'm so nervous, honestly. It's it's not right. I'm, I shouldn't be having butterflies already. Well, unless there's anything else, I do just have some transfer rumours for us to go through before we call it a day here. Uh, I will say, get this on the record yeah. now because there's a strong chance we'll go out. But this is sort of like the magic of the tournament. We should drink this bit in. This kind of half excitement, half absolute terror oh. and kind of inevitable despair that we know is probably to come. <laughs> Is yeah. definitely the magic of the tournament. That we had a taste of it against Scotland. That kind of yeah, letdown think, feeling. I think you could. What TK just said. I'm pretty sure that's what Matt Hancock said to that girl who's <laughs> in the office. Oh, political. <laughs> I think um, from what we see, I think you're going to be glad you're working from tomorrow, TK. You can have the build up a bit more. I'm being in the office. It's going to be a very long day. Um, when I open, I can just 
change into my England shirt around lunchtime and just <laughs> not venture out of the office again and hope no one comes in. Um, all right, a couple of rumours to go through. Um, I'm sure we'll get into each of these in a bit more depth uh, as uh, the weeks go on. But these are just kind of the major talking points as you kind of look on uh, the gossip columns so far. The first one, uh, I kind of grouped them by club. So uh, Arsenal being a top of the alphabet in this case. Ben White to Arsenal, 50 million. The, last, the first time I mentioned it, I don't think I really believed it was happening. It's kind of just the standard rumours, and there's a lot of Arsenal rumours uh, this window. Um, this one does seem like it, it's going to be happening. I think the fee's been agreed. It's just the kind of the payment structure is what's being sorted out. Um, Graham Potter, from what we're led to believe, has kind of informally turned down Tottenham. He's got some money to spend and he can kind of build a team in his image now rather than just his kind of system. Is this just the price you pay for an English centre-back? Like, Well, just an English player, I suppose, that's uh, just Premier League proven to some extent. Like, If Arsenal went after Lewis Dunk, if they went after Tarkovsky, if they went after Cody, you, you would think, wouldn't you, you're going to be paying it quite a similar price maybe 10 million either side, give or take. Well, am I right in thinking Brighton last year turned down a bid for Dunk for like 40 million or something outrageous? Yeah, they did from West Ham, was it? It's ringing a bell. Was it West Ham? I think it might have been they went for Tarkovsky, actually. No, they went to Tarkovsky for about that sort of money as well, didn't they? Yeah, Dunk was linked and he signed a new deal like before anything kind of kicked off. No, they um, definitely went big for Tarkovsky, didn't they? Yeah, I think yeah. Burnley had the audacity to say, no, we want 50. Yeah. Which... He's, 20, he's, he's 23 years old, uh, Ben White. I yeah, can so, see... so to answer your question, yes, this, is, this isn't going right. So, uh, there's a lot of Arsenal fans that kind of turn their nose up at it. It's like, we've got Saliba and we've got Gabriel as if you only need two centre-backs in, in your team. There's something about Saliba they don't like. We're, we'll... I never know what it is. Uh, I'm not too. I'm not too sure. He's just accepted a call up to the Olympics now, which isn't going to help his cause because he won't have a pre-season with us. Um, I, I hope this one gets done. I think the thinking is we we la- we we looked really lost without David Luiz at the back last season, which isn't a phrase that you should be saying when you're missing <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a 34 year old David Luiz. But statistically. Ben White has kind of all the attributes in terms of like line breaking passes, the fact he carries the ball out. He's very similar in play to Harry Maguire. Um, I think Harry Maguire's faster, but uh, Maguire uh, White's kind of passing range is better. It's dipped. You shouldn't be it's, saying Maguire's faster either. That's not a nice sentence. It's uh, well, it's it's pretty deceptively quick. I think when you kind of get the numbers for Maguire. <laughs> Um, a lot of uh, downhill movement. Yeah, well, Ben White essentially you're bringing someone that you feel can contribute to your attacks as well as uh, your offenses. We we're led to believe Arteta wants to go to a four three three next season if he can get um, the personnel. This is what he thinks he needs. My thinking is, it's easy to say you you judge kind of at the end of the window, which you do have to do. Uh, so. My way of going about it is if you're spending 50 million on Ben White, then you must have money to spend elsewhere. I'm not going to complain about spending money on a player 
when the whole rest of the transfer window I'm going to be complaining we're not spending money seems pretty counterintuitive to Simone spend some money no wait not that much money on him well, that, that is if it gets done. that is never in the cycle of the window isn't it it's how I can spend something just on the player I want not on yeah. what you the, I, the other thing is yeah. that there's been a, a growing movement online which is absolutely right that you know when uh, someone will say well uh, say John McGinn isn't worth X yeah. amount so, well if Villa oh, don't want don't. to sell him then they're going to give you this higher value which, yeah. which I get on the flip side you might say well is Ben White worth 50 million no but how much do Arsenal need a defender quite a lot so he's worth more to them than he is to, you know, if Liverpool went in from, for example. Well, we're going to mention um, Koundé uh, a little later down this. And the difference you're also paying there is you're probably going to pay a little more for him. He's probably um, of a higher calibre at the moment, but you're also going to be paying probably two times, three times the wages. And Arsenal did have issues with homegrown players um, last season, which is why some players had to miss out. So it kind of ticks all the boxes. Uh, in terms of uniting a fan base, I've not seen a fan base united quite like this since Aaron Ramsdale was first linked to Arsenal. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fee being reported this evening is £35 million pounds that uh, Sheffield <laughs> United are after. Now, I, I, I find it hard to believe Arsenal will pay that. Um, I think probably closer to the £20 million mark is, is what you can get him for. I think it's still a horrific move. Like I was going to say, say, any any now. money for him, I don't understand. Yeah. If 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 we sign him, there won't be a, a flip flop from me. There will be quite clearly. Look, I'll back you if you're going to play well, but I I don't see any logic in this move. Like unless it's just buy the English players, that seems well, to be the thinking behind it. He's been relegated twice. That, you may as well just go for someone who's yeah, go a lot cheaper. And, and hasn't shown himself to be the worst keeper in the league last year. Well, we were linked with um, Andre Onana for £8 million. Um, and then that seemed to go silent as soon as his ban was shortened. I don't know if we expected it to be shortened more. Some of the rumours say now he's prepared to just sit out the last year of his contract and go for free and get more money. Kind of thinking, well, I've already missed this much time. What's another year? Uh, <laughs> we'll see how yeah. that goes. James Madison, the final big name kind of link. There's a couple of fullbacks we've been linked with, but nothing concrete. Um, all the sources do say whether we get him or not, he is currently, if you've got your little board in the office, he's the top name on that list that Arsenal want in the number 10 position. You're going to be looking at over £60 million. So I guess the people yeah. that criticised the Ben White one, if Arsenal then say it was too much, might say would it have been too much if we weren't spending fifty million on a centre back? That's where I can maybe see your point. Um, I don't know if Alex and I can ask you now if it was just a case of uh, being a wind-up merchant because I know Connor was saying this. Anyone saying why would Madison move to Arsenal? Well, that, he would move to Arsenal. I, I don't see this as being the sticking point of the deal. I don't know if you're going to say otherwise now. Well, <laughs> funny you should mention this. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got mischievous laughter. He can... Well, I mean, when you've got when you've got uh, Villa <laughs> coming in for one of your players, 
Jem Bones did ask me, are you going to sell to a bigger club? And I suppose this falls along the similar lines. <laughs> Well, no, I think, can... I think I think I think right now I I think right now uh, James Madison stays put. Uh, I don't think he goes to I, Arsenal. I That's not on goes. the basis that, that Arsenal Arsenal are a bigger club, hundred percent than Leicester. Yes. But on the basis that I think he looks at where Leicester are, they're in a good, they're in a European spot, um, and it's things are just. Uh, things are just a, still a little bit uncertain with Arsenal. Well, it could go even TV, worse. So. Tomorrow, go on, go on, go on. tomorrow, Leicester open their email up. They have a £75 million offer for James Madison. They say to Madison, look, we kind of have no feeling either way. If you want to go, it's up to you. If you want to stay, it's up to you. What what choice do you think Madison makes? Uh, I, th- I think he stays. You're mental. No. The, the, I, thing, I, is, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, that you've, I, I know slightly different circumstances. Vardy did choose to stay to Leicester rather than go to Arsenal. Yeah, Vardy, there was some circumstances. And Leicester weren't as good as they are now, arguably. No. First, the first thing there was he was interested enough that he came to discuss a contract with us. The issue there, if you take, and there's Leicester sides of the deal and Arsenal sides of the deal that say this, he, he essentially wanted assurances that he was going to be our main man. Right, right. That made... It should have been the easiest thing in the world to say. Just a little lie. Yes, you're going to be. Um, I mean, it shouldn't even have been a lie. Um, you're going to be, be the main man. Yeah, true. Apparently, Wenger spent more time than he should have telling him just how much he did appreciate Giroud, um, and also saying that look, I don't see why one of you can't play in some games. I don't see why you can't play together. He basically just didn't give him the answer he wanted, and then Leicester offered him more money than us, and he stayed. Great move for him right decision for his career mm. but uh, I don't think it was quite the thing that he can say now I turn them down I think if you're going from a purely footballing perspective then I completely agree going to Arsenal from Leicester at the moment is the wrong choice to make and I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm not deluded enough to say otherwise I, I think, think that's where you may fall foul of if I was Madison I'd agree with you that, that one club is clearly the bigger here but the, I would be looking at it thinking, I'm a creative midfielder. Do I want to go and play for Mikel Arteta at the point? I think that's a very real yeah, thing. Yeah, seeing the, the kind of tales that get told, he's got a great PR team. They don't sell him as being this guy. It's almost sold as if we we play that way despite him. Yeah, yeah. But you can only see as a player on the outside, you're going to yeah. looking at what they're doing and what's happened to other sort of creative players that you've had. For I sure. think you I have think, to be concerned about that. I think there's some of him, I don't think there's a rush either. It's not like it ha- I think it's this some more bust for him, I don't think. No. I think there's some allure at being the main man somewhere, which mm. he certainly would be. Um the rumours say him and him and Rogers aren't in the best of terms. He's a bit like Arteta where he's a bit of a disciplinarian, which I think he had some issues with some Liverpool players. Once he kind of you're on his bad side. Well, I think in, fa- in fairness to him, I think He's kind of Madison's done himself no favor, hasn't he? He's kind of, I think Brendan's probably treated him as he has to with yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. certain breaches he's had. And I can imagine maybe you, you wouldn't be too happy with your boss when he disciplines you, but if you've done something wrong, you've probably got to take it on the chin, haven't you? I, I, complete, I, I completely agree that. Imagine, I'll tell you, we go mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Madison's in a position to be no, in, a, in a bad mood with any of this. Um, 
I just think if the if the bid is accepted and we do have this cash, then I don't think he takes too long to make the decision and the kind of murmurs coming out of there. The camp certainly aren't dispelling the rumours. They're more than happy for it to to carry on uh, pumping It has through. been an amusing one to watch in our group chat, though, because you're absolutely adamant he wouldn't basically wouldn't think twice and he'll join Arsenal. And the others are adamant that why would he ever leave Leicester for Arsenal? Like, well, this is probably a 50-50 move where he could I go either way. And you're both, both camps are both absolutely adamant. <laughs> it's the same as when, when United finished like in the Europa League. I, I still, if Leicester finish ahead of United, they were still like, Kante still went to Chelsea after winning the league with Leicester. Hmm. Like, yeah, it takes longer for these things to happen. And you look at the players that are still happy to join Arsenal, considering where they are. There's still some kind of uh, appeal there. I think the facilities, the wages you're going to get, all of these yeah. things. I think. And as you said, have... you will be back, isn't there? However, yeah. you know, accurate. It's going to have to be a bit longer in the mud for it to happen. The we still have players saying they grew up watching the Invincibles. We don't have too long left for that, so we're going to have to milk that juice. All yeah, we can. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you mentioned the Emil Smith Row one uh, there, Alex. At least I assume that's what you're referencing. Very, very strange um, that one because I don't know if it's some kind of collusion between uh, his agents, where they're obviously not saying don't bid for us which is maybe the thing that would alert some Arsenal fans I'm, I'm pretty chilled out about this one I think if it ever got to the point where Arsenal felt it was getting a bit touchy then they, they supposedly know the number they need to put on the sheet um, I think while there's still two years left in his deal Arsenal think they've got a bit of time to work these things out but the strange thing I, with that one is that it hasn't gone away, is the odd thing. No, I but think it first came back for us. This is a weird one, but they'll get rejected and they go, okay, we tried our arm, we'll, we'll go elsewhere. Funny, yeah. it's still persisting, it's a little odd. I think the fact they only put it up by five million shows, for one, they, they want these stories to be out in the press because it's a good look for them, isn't it? Like they're yeah, trying to take yeah, one yeah. of Arsenal main players. The other news surrounding them so far, if you kind of Google Aston Villa, is. Jack Grealish is leaving the club when they're trying to insist. No, no, these are players we're buying to play with Grealish. <laughs> kind of similar to how Spurs did with Bale. Incredible. So, uh, all these things there. I, I don't think it happens. There would have to be a lot more for me to see uh, this happen just yet. Um, still no manager at Spurs is... Uh, Another another one. Uh, Nuno today looks like he's going to Fenerbahce. Um, I don't know what what you think about this, Alex, or if you're just kind of tired of it at this point. Uh, <laughs> tired of it, but the prospect of like people have joked about uh, Hancock getting offered the job. I mean, I mean, if he can pull off what he did, I mean, get the get, get the man in the chair. Anything's possible. Uh, uh, silent here for UTK. Uh, Alex is seeing something that you're not. <laughs> um, would you? Would you have been happy with Nuno? Uh, I can't say I would have been. No, um, I, I don't think I've seen it. I would have been happy with you getting Nuno. Yeah, I know. That yeah, probably precisely. Yeah. yeah, that should tell you. All you need to know about why I'm not happy. I mean, I, I kind of with Nuno. Um, 
when he was being linked to it, because he was he was linked with it early on as well. Yeah. Um, I sort of had a look at his managerial record because I was thinking, has he has he had a better record than I'm just assuming he hasn't? But I looked at his record and yeah, it is quite it's underwhelming to be fair. I think he had Wolves playing. He basically what he could, you know, where is his badge of honour? Is he caused some upsets against some of the bigger sides? Not last season, but the season before and the season before that. Um, but I, I, I yeah, I, I'm a bit tired of it. And right now, I think we've got ourselves into a situation that we're going to find it very difficult to get ourselves out of. And also, regardless of who we end up with, He's evidently, it's not a first choice. And that's going to be obvious, unless something magical, unless unless, unless something magical. It's not even happens. a seventh or eighth choice. Yeah, I know, I know that. That's yeah. the point. It's kind of like whoever they bring in now, it's not going to get the fan base excited. It's not going to get anybody. No. It's not going to get any of the players going. Yeah, this is great. It's going to be like who we ended up with rather than who we wanted. Um, Having said and, that, and less, go on. Well, outside of Conte, everyone else who's linked with the job, Spurs fans didn't want. So as much as it's a horrible look that they've rejected you, you also didn't want them anyway. So you were getting some didn't want, no matter what happens. But it's kind of like, the, the funny thing is the, the funny thing is is that turn down an apple pie because you, you you want blueberry pie, but at the same time you might think that blueberry pie sounds nice when you've got a plate of kale in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I I saw a tweet saying similar today, um, saying. Anyone that is seriously suggesting Klinsman for the job hasn't paid attention to any job that Klinsman has been a manager of. <laughs> like this would be a hor- horrific. Like he he was let go from her to Berlin because of how horribly things were going, both in terms of how he was at board level and as a manager. Bloody hell! What am I seeing in front of me? Here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I. I genuinely don't know who's going to be at Spurs at this point. Like Rafa seems one of the only guys left. Yeah, and is he going to take been linked to us? So he's been he's going to Everton, isn't he? No, well they've I think had to pull out of it because uh, I think they. I mean, people were graffiti and fuck Rafa on Goodison. (laughs) They don't want him either. So I mean, I'd be more content with Jurgen and Rafa. That wouldn't kind of like scare me the way that Conte would have. Maybe famous last words, but we're getting done out by a Rafa Spurs team. I think that's more of an Arsenal problem than it is a Tottenham problem. It's the perfect embodiment of where Spurs are as a club, though. Whereby whereby they they think they should get a top manager. They've got the ambition to go for it, but then also the pessimism to realise that this probably isn't going to happen. And then think they're above managers that are sort of the run of the mill. And so they're kind of just left languishing in purgatory. Yeah. Well, Spurs, um, I think they'll look at one of these international managers. I mean, Sean said suddenly uh, Roberto Martinez doesn't seem so bad now. (laughs) He's lowering the sights. Yeah, I think that one might be, I think one of the international managers, I I, I can still see Southgate there. I I can genuinely still see Southgate at Spurs. Um, that really would be a disgusting topping day. <laughs> um, Sancho to United for 90 million looks like it's happening. Um, I, 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 Neville said similar, and he probably shouldn't be it with who he is, but pretty much bored of that one now. Like, it, it, it's, it's like us being linked to Jan and Villa. Like, 
he's, yeah. he's not doing anything for me anymore. Like when he I was bored like, last yeah, year, cool. let alone now. Yeah. I mean, after the after the ninth take it or leave it deal, it, it seems apparently it might Dortmund take it. might take it <laughs> with some negotiation. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we can probably do more on the value of that when we get there. Um, Hakimi is off to PSG. Chelsea didn't oh, bid for him. Yeah, they decided against it in the end. Um, 70 million he's off for for a right back. Uh, but then when you look at Wan Bissaka for 50 million, maybe they should have paid 200 million for him. <laughs> Kingsley Coman today linked with a move to Liverpool, 45 million pounds. You signed Kanate, and I guess you can uh, you can kind of talk about this at, at the same time. CK, um, does that seem like a one one too many injury prone players? Yeah, yeah, I, I I thought so. Right, after, yeah, especially yeah. after last season, it's like learning your lessons. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it's not really what you think we need. Uh, and I've always been, it might sound a bit of an odd thing to say, a little bit jury's out on Coleman. Yeah, I get what you mean. He's got some raw talent, obviously, but uh, can't. How old is he at this stage? Because it feels like he's been around four, I believe. But judging Look, someone whoa. also at Barca, PSG, and Bayern Munich is a tough one. Like I guess you, you, that's you probably been my a... concern. Has been if he looks like he kind of needs a few chances at those clubs. I do kind of wonder what he's going to be like coming to us. Yeah, you you, you can be um, Shakiri or you could be uh, Bojan. Like it could go either way. I guess mm. you don't want either of them, really. Um, <laughs> the, the other name I've seen you link with, and uh, Liverpool fans seem pretty pleased with this one. I, I'm interested in what you think of the price and the fit. Um, Rafinha seems to be one that isn't going away. Uh, £50 million was the link today. Jesus. Do you think Leeds sell for that? And do you think he's worth that to Liverpool, I guess, to flip the script? Yeah, I, I'm not. I I do like him as a player. Uh, whether he's the perfect fit for us, I do question. Uh, it's not like he's not technically good enough. He's great. So, to answer your question, yeah. I, I I think Leeds might need a bit more money than that. I'll be honest. He was probably their best player. Um, going back I'm to what interested. we said earlier, he's he's very good. But I wonder if if he's going to play part of our front three. He's not quite. He's not as direct. Well, people I'm gonna like say, do you need is that a, is this a position you need when you look at you brought Jota in last season to go alongside Salah, Mane, Firmino? Firmino, I've made my thoughts clear on, but mm. Salah and Mane are pissed when they miss twenty minutes. I yeah, it's hard to see like you rotating them too much. No, and the it's hard to see that he's going to be playing in Firmino's position, isn't it? You know, I guess stranger conversions have happened, but it'd be an odd one. Yeah, and, I thought you were uh, going for a gunman down the middle. Yeah, and the thing with him is, and I've said it before, with when we're looking for sort of depth for Salah and Mane, I do think we need to replicate more the type of players they are because it seems fascinating to me that even when just one of them's missing, we seem dumbfounded as a fan base. Oh, well, why can't we get in behind this? Well, because everyone else wants the ball to feet and wants to play in front of people. They're one of very few players that get in behind and make runs off the ball. And as great as Rafinha is, I don't think he's really that guy. From everything I've well, seen of him, anyway. So yeah, absolutely. that's why someone like Marlon, for example, caught my eye with this tournament because he looks the type that can kind of do both sides of the game. Yeah, Arsenal linked with a um, left back today from Benfica. 
when um, like metrics wise, he is just like a match with Tierney. Like, so mm-hmm. you can understand why if he's not playing, then it's lost yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, the downside there is there is a video of him tonguing his dog, which isn't ideal. Um, <laughs> so that's perhaps one to look out for. Like, he's got his mouth. Him and Saliba in the same dressing his, room. Yeah. Um, so Liverpool have been linked to two other players. You've been linked with um, Florian uh, Neuhaus, if I've pronounced that correctly, um, from Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's got a £35 million release clause and it's assumed that you're going to replace uh, Wijnaldum externally. Um, yeah. And the other one was uh, Daniel Marlin, who you linked, uh, you mentioned earlier. Mm. Uh, he'll, he'll cost you between £30 and £40 million. Pounds. I, I think for a player with, I think, potential upside at him, I, I think that'd be good business, to be honest. Because um, so if, you, if, if you're not raiding a Dutch... Uh, club for someone like him, you're probably playing a, a premium. So he was um, at Arsenal. Which yeah, I was going to say, another one that could have got away. <laughs> yeah, um, but he, he was one where, fair play, you always kind of have to respect it when this is the case. Um, time came to sign his first professional contract and he, he wanted to go and get first team football rather than wait for a pathway to the first team. Um, but amongst the kind of crop of uh, centre-forwards that we had, he was kind of just ahead of the Balligans and Kettiers. And I know what you think of Nketiah now, but like he was regarded uh, as the best of the best at youth level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he was considered to be like a significant talent that perhaps came just a bit too soon because we just spent £50 million on Lacazette uh, and Kettier was ahead of him, uh, was kind of coming behind him in the pecking order. And then we signed a Bamiyang a year later. So it just kind of didn't work. He wasn't prepared to be loaned out or kind of stay in the reserves. And obviously it's paid off for him. So he can play out wide. He can play through the middle, which also ties in with what you've got in a Salah Mane replacement. And with Firmino, as we've seen, that he's not afraid to play, say, Jota, out wide, Salah through the middle and so on. So it, it would fit. He's it's, it's he the yeah, he scores a lot in, in Holland. I don't think he's a chance a goal player, but you're not really a chance a goal team, are you? Like when, okay, when a player all, misses. All three chance, of us aren't. You know, look at Salah's got a great goal. It's not even like a bad thing, is it? And we we no. said the other week that most of the best strikers you see in the league aren't that type of player. Like an Abamiang, a Salah, um, Kane's probably somewhere in the middle. They aren't guys who get one chance. They're a guy that you rely on to get six or seven chances and put one. Because they there. just get, they make such great moves yeah. or whatever. They're going to have these chances wherever they play. He's work. probably somewhere in the middle again. Like he's a, he is a striker, so his finishing is better than um, what you'd expect of a winger. So I think that one does make sense. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You, the the longer you wait for this one, it's kind of like if you admire them, you're only going to pay more down the line. And someone like, you know, Bayern or whatever will jump in on it just because they can, won't they? Yeah, we linked with that in Kunku where we were earlier in the year and Unai Emery wanted him for £12 million. Um, he's gone to uh, Leipzig and now any club's looking at between 30 and 40 if they want him. And so you kind of just have to get in early, don't you? Unai did have money for a player on the quiet, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Just the issue was the product he was putting out on the pitch it's <laughs> tough <laughs> to convince people that you're the guy. Um <laughs> So the other ones we've had, we've seen Man City have a hundred million bid rejected for Harry Kane. Supposedly they're ready to put a hundred million in for Grealish. Um, 
I don't think I need to ask if, if you were Pep, which one you should prioritise. I think we'd all say Kane in that instance. The fact they've gone in so early with the 100 million, does that make you feel more confident that they're going to get him or less confident that they're essentially finding out the value and then they can move on if they really want to? AJ? I'll let you go. It's your club. Uh, <laughs> can you notice the despair in my voice? <laughs> well, when you saw that bid coming, great. was it, oh God, or was it, all right, let's get this over with and they can send uh, them packing? Uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I've conceded that he's going. It's just all about getting the right deal now. So, uh, uh, when you say conceded, though, because the the closest I'll have had to this with you is, is when Van Persie once did seem inevitable. The, Thierry Henry, there was the season before he left where it was, he could leave this season, but I'm kind of leaning towards him staying just because I didn't think the money would come in. And on this instance, are you completely resolved? Do you actually think it happens or are you just kind of preparing yourself? There's a big difference um, there. Uh... I, 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 so I, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know whether it happens or not. Part the 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 reverse jinx of me is <laughs> is is saying that it's a hundred percent going to happen. But the thing is, I'm not even sure that it, that's the right way to go because I, I, if he stays, I don't necessarily think that's a good for, thing for us. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's. No, if you think about a longer term, said that exact if thing. You, if you, yeah, if you if you think about a longer term project, is it trying to trying to build a new squad around him, or is it trying to carry on with what we've got going and just do better? Whereas selling him, closing the book on what we have got, and hoping that we go on to something better. I mean, you could maybe argue that when we had Bale and we sold him to Real Madrid, we. I don't want to say improve because we haven't won anything, but we, you know, got to the champions. But we, it, it, that wasn't money. Come on. No, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But what I'm trying to say is that way, whereas you had a squad that was sort of revolving around him and what he could bring in terms of him getting us out of trouble, you then had a, a I don't know, maybe a squad that was a little bit more, a little bit more diverse with where its goals can come from. I think um, if you. If you don't want him to go, you should be hoping England stay in the Euros anyway, but you should really want them clinging on for dear life because a lot of these, both Villa and Spurs, are going to be nervously checking their emails the the second these things happen because usually it either gets dragged out because they say, I'll go on my holidays now, let's have the agents do this, and by the time I get back, I want it sorted, or they do the opposite and they say before I go on my holidays I want this sorted quick yeah the, the problem is as well the, the problem is as well you've got you've got Laporte um, you've got Laporte that was mentioned amongst one of the players that City were going to offer in return I always find it hard that these players swap deals I find it very hard to believe that they're an actual thing um, but it, Laporte it, say they came in with 100 that mil not gonna but yeah, 100 mil plus Laporte, I would walk Kane to City myself. I mean, that, you know, 100 mil plus Laporte, that's an absolute steal for us. 
Um, but it's, you know, what I don't want Spurs to do is, if it's going to get dragged out, if it's going to get dragged out, any more you, I don't want to be in a position, I don't, I don't want any more cash than 100 you mil. You any more cash than 100. As if it, if the transfer was just money, no, no, so no if, other players involved. Even if there's players involved, do you think, in terms of the negotiations, do you think City are going to put more than 100 million cash on the table? Whether it's yes. 120 million up front, whether it's 110 plus a player, so you think they'll they'll bid more than 100? Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll bid more than 100. I was I was surprised to see that they went for Grealish out of the blue, and I don't know whether that was a uh, that was a uh, that was a bit of a all right. You're not going to play ball with Kane. We'll go to one of our other targets. Well, apparently, to make they want both. More. I find that I find that so hard to believe. I find Before that so hard to believe that they want Grealish and Kane. Question for you: um, If we assume that the player is open to the move, if you're Daniel Levy for the day, the offer comes on your desk: ninety million plus Gabriel Jesus. Do you accept it? No, no, not at all. I think yeah. that would be a mistake because there's a player there. No, no, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, the, the longer you wait, probably, the there, there is a, there is a player well. that there. Yeah, that's that was. I was going to get on to say that in terms of I don't want Spurs dragging out and then find us in a position where we're scrambling to just spend the money. Um, you need a manager first. Well. Yeah, particularly when we haven't got a manager on the table, so it's literally just going to be lucky dip. Let's see if we can just build a squad of players and together and hope it works. Um, but it. With with um, with the deal that you just said, I don't doubt there's a player there, but he's not a Kane replacement. I think uh, you're spending more than sixty million on a player like Jesus to replace Kane. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I just and you're not getting sixty million. I don't but think anyway, we we got weeks to go on that one. The Kane replacement situation is going to be like the manager situation. Whereby yeah, they yeah. can't get anyone good enough, and they they're not going to go and try and get someone who's clearly not at the level. So they're going to be. That's again, what I mean. Jesus probably does fit quite nicely. I um, think on on paper it makes total sense that you can just see him and Spurs just being hideous together. There's just something about those two. Yeah, I get you. Um, I, I I just I'm just a little bit. I'm not entirely sold on Jesus. That's all it is. With with Grealish, is is the strangest one because for as much. As good as I think, they need a creative midfielder. Yeah, as good as I'm sure we all think he is. Like, is he a hundred million pound midfielder? I feel like you're just buying like it's like me when I get into around September time. I've played that many seasons on Football Manager already, and I just want to use the players I've not used yet that I think it'll be (laughs) fun to use. Like, it's like Pep just—he'd be fun for me to watch on a Saturday afternoon. Like when we're playing Burnley. I'd quite like to see Jack Grealish on my team. But it doesn't make any more sense to me than that. But I guess that remains to be... I, I don't think that one happens. I, I actually think he'll sign a new contract to Villa. Interesting. I think if City is serious about it, it will happen. I, I do wonder if it's... I, I think they're serious. I'm not sure they're 100 million serious. No, I, I think they're serious and it's... but. Whether it's just a part motivation or whether it's just a, a fortunate 
thing that can happen alongside it. I do wonder if it does say to Spurs, well, look, we can go spend our money elsewhere if you don't fucking want it. And try yeah, that, and panic. All the rumours say they want both. You'd think that they'd put kind of the murmurs out like wherever one, wherever one or the other is. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, but it is a flex of the muscle enough, isn't it? Yeah. Last, uh, last... Mil, I, w- I wasn't expecting them to throw 100 mil down on him. I, I, I don't I w- think like... that, that's not confirmed. The, the, the Kane bid is confirmed. The Grealish one, there hasn't been a bid. Right, okay. Okay. So I was going to say, last... like, I wouldn't I wouldn't been surprised if they worked up to 100 mil just to get it done, but to come in straight like that, straight away, if that had any, any truth behind it, then it'd be surprising. So I did have a, a couple of Spurs rumours, but I guess we're going to have the same answer for a lot of them that we don't know what they're going to spend until we know who the manager is and if Kane's staying. So might be better off revisiting a couple of those. Lamptey and Koundé are the, the two. Um, and uh, Gravenberch, Gravenberch, however you want to say his name, the uh, IX midfielder as well. But you're looking at best part of 200 million for those three players. So, oh. That's what's happened to this market. Yeah, you're about to witness. Oh, how exciting. Um, As a bit yeah, of excitement. I think, yeah, I think that just about does us. We've uh, gone a bit longer than uh, we thought we would. Um, yeah, sorry, Tika. I know you wanted to watch Love Island. Hey, we'll, I'll we'll be tuned in. You were. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure if you look at the WhatsApp, Tika, you can see you scored. Um, I don't know what. I'm supposed to be having proved to me, but there we go. But anyway, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back next week. Movie Madness on Friday. Stay tuned for that. Goodbye.